This is Joy. And this is Claire. You know, it feels like the day of uh, Twilight Zone, where I woke up at 3 a.m. <laughs> and I just sat there and I was like, oh, it's 3 a.m. slash 4 a.m. And then I have to like go back to bed. I'm trying to go back to bed. And I couldn't. And so I got up with the dogs and I laid on the couch for a while trying to go back to sleep. So I'm just all sorts of out of sorts. In case you guys can't tell, we're recording this on the Sunday morning of Daylight Savings. It is 7 a.m. daylight time or standard time, which would have been 6 a.m. mere moments ago. Mere moments. And yesterday I was texting Joy and I was like, man, I wish that, you know, daylight savings time is not fun if you have kids or dogs. Like I wish someone would give kids and dogs the memo, but it sounds like someone also needs to give you the memo. Someone needs to give me the memo. But I did manage to delay breakfast for the dogs. Good job. Which was a feat in and of itself. Rachel says, but it's our last fallback. Okay, guys, here's the thing. They Okay, so last year, or in March, whenever we sprang forward, they were all the Congress people were like, we hate this. We're going to go ahead and get rid of daylight savings. But then the House, I might be getting this backwards. I think the House passed the bill, but it's still sitting in the Senate. So even though there's support for it and it passed the House, I don't think it's actually been voted on into a law yet. Hot take. Okay. There was just a lot of press about it, but I actually don't think that it's like official, official that we're getting rid of daylight savings. Oh, it's the other way around, according to an Insta Senate. Yes, House. Thank you, whatever. thank you, everyone, for fact checking. Thank you. We need yes. fact checkers. <laughs> so, somewhere in the system of checks and balances, this daylight savings. Or you could just move back to Arizona, which is where it does not exist. <laughs> I. But okay, if you there's were other to- things going on in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> If you were to stay on daylight savings or stay off daylight savings, which one would you pick? Stay, get early. I know for, you would want it to get light earlier and get dark earlier. Yes. But that's just because I'm a morning person. Yeah. Like, I don't really care. I don't, I mean, I'll do it either way. The it, I think what I, the biggest effect on me is just the amount of daylight. So it's right, like, right. you don't care when it starts. It doesn't really matter. You just yeah. Want the, it's more yeah. of like the seasonal yeah, crap you want, that I have to uh-huh. deal with. We have a lot of people in the chat chat who are tell- weighing in about daylight savings. Kyla says, here in Canada, or in my province at least, they don't adjust unless the neighboring provinces do, or if they're neighboring the USA. Interesting. Wow. That feels like okay. a chain reaction that you really have to rely on your neighbor for. But <laughs> you have to be like really on it. Like, how do you know what time it is? Canada. Yeah. Canada. <laughs> we have it. A lot of people are saying they can't deal with leaving work in the dark. They want it to be light later. That's very true. I remember working in an office when it would start to get dark, it would be so depressing. At like 4.30, I'd be seeing a client and I'd be like, oh man, I got two more to go. This is really sad. It feels so so weird. I could, I feel like there's pros and cons to either one. I don't really mind. Lindsay says, what I don't understand is why Europe changes the clocks a week earlier. It makes it so confusing. Caitlin says, I love living overseas. No daylight savings in Honduras. Oh my gosh, someone's here from Honduras. That's so fun. That is amazing. Hi, Caitlin. Ours used to be a lot earlier. And a couple years ago, they pushed it back by a few weeks. Like it used to be mid-October and now it's early November. Kelsey says, I'm on the edge of a time zone. And when we and and we get kind of screwed when this happens with lots of dark time and very little daylight. That's That would suck. I could kind of take it or leave it either one. I just don't like the flip. I think there are pros and cons to having things lighter in the morning versus not driving home from work in the dark because it's either you're waking up in the dark or you're driving home in the dark. So thanks, North America. for. So here we are again, another year down, another fallback, 
and we're just going to gripe about it for a few minutes and then we'll move on. And then we'll adjust as we always do. But I thought this morning I was like doing some chores at the worst hour of the day. And I was watching. Yeah. And I turned on this documentary called Killer Sally or something. Yeah. It's like about the bodybuilding lady who killed her husband, which we'll get to in a second. I'll talk about that. But I was. Wait a second. I I thought that exercise made people happy and happy people people don't don't kill kill their husbands. But people who take steroids do. Oh. That's the moral of the story. I mean, not really. I'm just but like the baby with the steroids of kind that. of counteracts some right. of the endorphins. It's kind of a wash. Got it. Got it. Got it. What was my point to this whole? Oh, I was thinking about like, oh, okay. So I have like, I start doing the math in my head, which I don't like to do that because then I start living in the future and I try not to do that, but living for the future. But I was like, okay, I just have to make it to December 21st. Isn't it the 20th or 20, 21st where the 21st. it starts it's to go back day. when the I daylight? Know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, honestly, I just, need, I just no. need to make it. I start counting the days to the winter solstice like mid September. Do you really? Once it's okay, like, so I'm like not alone the, here because like I'm like, oh. yeah, right when it starts to feel like okay, the like the tides have turned and now it really does feel more dark than light. I'm like, we're almost there. But then on the flip side, when we get to the summer solstice in June, I'm like, but we just got here. We can't turn back around already. But yeah, I always Isn't that always weird? feel that way in June. They're like, wait a minute, it's just it's barely summer. We can't start going back towards the darkness. Yeah. So does that mean that everyone loves summer more than winter? Because I do know there's people who like okay. live in Seattle and they're like, you. I love the rainy weather all the time. I actually love winter. I actually I know hate, you do. I don't like summer. I don't like Right, being you don't hot. like being hot. But why do you get sad about But it's it's like it's both and. I don't like getting hot. Okay. If like my you ideal have to pick world I know. <laughs> you don't have but like that's the thing. My ideal scenario would be winter high and low temperatures, but like late spring amounts of sunlight. But no, I cannot. I was seeing this tweet a lot this summer, which I think might be true, that it's like, hot take, summer is actually not the best season, but everyone is just programmed to think it is because that was like the only time growing up where we had free time. Right. And you think about spring break and you think about like laying out in the sun and like having fun with your friends. And then I'm like, but that doesn't happen in my life. <laughs> and then, but and like, I think it is more fun for people because there is more daylight. And so you can still go do stuff after work. Rachel says, as a teacher, I still love summer. Very valid, Rachel. Very, but very I, valid. Yeah, for me, like my favorite seasons, I like actually all summer is my least favorite season. I like all the other seasons <laughs> for their different reasons. I just don't like being hot. Yeah. Anyway. We had so many people in the chat today. I'm like more excited about this. And Catherine from Ireland is here. I totally know Catherine. Like I know from, I know you guys from Instagram. Like I always see, fun fact, not that we're at all Insta famous, but the more you interact with people that you follow on Instagram that are like have a larger following and by no means am I putting ourselves in that category, they recognize your name. And so I'm like, you know, that's why I'm always messaging someone famous. I was was trying to think of someone funny, but I actually don't. (laughs) R.I.P. Joy's drunk text to Dave Castro. (sighs) Yeah. That was so fun, though, back in the day. (laughs) It was. It really was. Speaking of CrossFit, actually, so I tried F45 this week. Yeah, I was going to ask And I really loved it. I've gone three times so far. Okay, so a couple of months ago, I had, like, said something on Instagram about, hey, I'm thinking thinking about trying F45. Does anyone have any recommend, you know, does anyone have any opinions on this? And kind of got a mixed bag. A lot of people were like, yeah, it's fun, but like, wasn't really for me or a handful of people truly loved it. And a handful of people were like, I hated it. So in short- Because it's close by to you, right? Yeah. It's really close by to me. It's really close by to karate. It's like in the main shopping center of Longmont, which is like less than 10 minutes from my house. So I've been looking, I really have been wanting to do a group fitness thing. I am- not the type of person – like the reason I loved CrossFit so much was because it was different every day. I'm not the type of person who's going to join like a cycle studio 
or something where it's kind of the same, even if it's a different workout, it's sort of like the same modality. So I decided to try F45. And basically, if you're not familiar, what it is, is it's a 45-minute hit workout, effectively. Throughout the week, there's like certain days that are more strength-focused and certain days that are more cardio-focused. But since it's hit, like even on the strength-focused days, you're still getting your heart rate up. And the way that it's structured, it's really interesting. You have, you know, the gym, whatever. And up on the front, they have like these huge TVs. Do you remember, of course you do, the open workouts when they would have like the demo workouts of Julie Fouché, like doing the moves in the studio. Mm -hmm. So they have that. They have like some guy who has, they have this catalog, video catalog of all the moves. The way it's set up is it's, there's maybe five to 20 stations per day. And each station is on the TV with the little guy next to it doing the move you're supposed to be doing at the station. So when you get to the station and you're like, oh shit, what was this move? And you look up and you're like, oh right, jumping lunges. So you yeah. use the TV and he's demoing the movement the whole time. Yeah. They used to do that at Orange Theory and they also do that at Fitwall, which is great. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. nice because it like kind of helps keep you organized because there is a lot going on. Sure. And when you start the workout, <clears throat> the very first thing they do is the coach like goes around and demos the movements and gives like very brief points of performance. But since during the workout, it's really the TV that's running the workout itself. The coach is walking around and like helping you, you know, correcting your form or whatever. Anyway, I've been really liking it. The workout itself, it's like maybe a five minute warm up, and then you go straight into this 40 ish minute workout. Mm-hmm. It's a, so far like a good mix of stuff. Like we have, I've been doing like deadlifts and clean pulls and front squats. Like there's a lot of, they don't have Olympic barbells, but there are a lot of like those little, you know, weight room barbells. Um, Christine says, I need that at CrossFit, right? Like a TV showing you, reminding you. Totally. To and like, right. so it's, so you have all these stations. It's a little confusing at first. Cause you're like, wait, I'm in station four. Like where's station five? Where do I go? For me, at least in Longmont, it's a really good group of people so far. The coaches are decent. The, my very first class, it was the day after Halloween. And of course the coach was like, I hope you guys didn't eat too much candy. Cause now it's time to burn the candy off. And I was like, can we not? No. Like, <laughs> so you had an instructor that made a comment about candy. Right. And she's like, you know, you got a time to work your candy off. And I was just like, can we not? Like, and then at the end she was like, you know, go home and eat protein. You can't lose fat if you're eating fat. And I was just like, you know, do we have we to go We didn't come there? here for diet advice. We just came here we to have fun. We did not come here for like 2002 women's health headlines. No. We just came no. here for a hit workout. Mm-mm. But it hasn't happened since. I was a little bit worried. I was like, am I going to be getting good. like annoying diet advice at the end of every single workout? But it has not happened again. Like, don't shame people when they come to work. Don't shame, but don't, right. Like, I may, yeah, I ate candy to deal with it. And I'm not worried about working it off. These yeah. things are unrelated. As a previous fitness instructor, I, I can say this. Like, people make a choice of whether or not to incorporate that. Like, you are not told to give people any type of advice when you're doing any instruction. Just teach the class. And I've been to plenty of classes. And I love Fitwell. I actually started going back. And I love Fitwell because the instructor's are super positive. They don't do any of that like shame talk. And in fact, one of the instructors I love, his name is Drew. Every time I go in, he's like, did everyone eat breakfast yet? Like kind of in a way of just like, he talks about how much, how many pancakes he already ate before he came in to work out, which by the way, I'm like, I would throw up if I was going to do that before I worked out. But I just, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. I, right. I'm like, I'm sort of sitting there thinking, I mean, it's, it's interesting that particular instructor, she's probably in her, like, I would guess early forties. She's jacked. Don't get me wrong. Like this woman is very, whatever. She looks like she works out a lot. And obviously she works at this place. I've never been there yet when she's not there. She works there 
works out all the time. But yeah, it just is like one of those things. Again, you know, we've been talking a lot lately about the little diet culture jabs that I think we take for granted that are no longer a part of people's daily lives. And they really yeah. are. Kyla says, I do love that about my gym. Someone brought in extra donuts from work and it just became a social session yes. afterwards. Great. Love that. But other than that, I'm really liking the workout. I think if you are someone, the thing I like the most about it is that because it's every single session is basically just like an AMRAP. And it's been interesting though, like the CrossFit mentality that I just didn't even realize that I still had, like I have to go as hard as possible at every single station for every single interval. And it's just like, I was, you're not like in a part, you don't have a partner, but there's more than one person at the same station. And the last workout, there was one station where it was kettlebell swings and kettlebell snatches. So it was like a sub superset. And I love kettlebell snatches. I think they're so much fun. I was just going so ham. And after that, like station ended and I had to move on to the next one. I was like, why did it go that hard? Like I am wrecked and for the rest of the workout. And the woman next to me had been like, she'd do like some kettlebell swings and like kind of shake it out and like take a drink of water. And it's funny because I was telling Brandon like about this phenomenon of me not being able to just sort of like pace myself because it's so, it just feels like, oh, I'm in CrossFit land. Like I have to just go hard. And then I would describe this other woman who was just sort of like doing whatever. And he was like, what? So first of all, he was like, wow, that's that's so funny that you can't like separate the two and you just get into this mindset. And then as soon as I described this other woman, he was like, oh, is she even trying? And I was like, see, look, you have it too. Right. Yeah. That's really funny. Because when I was at Fitwall this past week, there's this gal who is, she looks similar body type to me. Like you can tell she lifts a lot of weight. She has a, a lot more muscle on her like upper body and her arms and stuff. And so when I work out next to her, I do this weird thing where I'm like competing with her. And I'm like, oh, that's is really funny because that's with Peloton, you don't really compete that much. There's a leaderboard, but I had kind of been out of that competition mindset that CrossFit really is about. And I found myself like really pushing hard to beat her, which look, it's fine to have someone that like motivates next to you. And it's fine to have that. But it was really funny how I was like to like immediately get competitive. I'm in that mode again, where I'm like trying to beat the boys or whatever. You know? Right. You're it's trying to win the warm up. Really funny. Totally. Yeah. For me, like it was just so it's just interesting to have that observation and be like, oh, the thing I that I say that I like about F45 so far is that because it's an AMRAP, you can, it's very much choose your own intensity. And so you look around and it's like the coaches are not going over to you and being like, one more rep, one more rep, one more rep. I mean, they're yelling, encouraging things like, hey guys, try to keep moving, you know, keep your core tight, like those sorts of kind of generic, like don't give up midway through the set sort of. Yeah, which is great, you know, because it's a, a lot of it really is like you want someone to motivate you because our mind will tell us to stop. <laughs> and honestly, that is why I love group fitness is because I do right. actually, and I've been talking about this for weeks, I miss that intensity mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get that by myself. I'm just not going to push myself totally. in that way. Totally agree. And yeah. right. And like, it is nice to have somebody being like, you can keep, do more. And you're like, you know what? You're right. I can't like, that's a good feeling. And it's more about your, your mental limitations. Right. Not that I, we're like trying to get super fit and like kill ourselves, but it's really about like challenging how we talk to ourselves. And that's what I enjoy more. Yeah, I agree. And, and also if I went in there one day and was like, Hey guys, like I wouldn't even have to say anything. Whereas if I went into CrossFit and was like, I'm not going to, I'm not here to work super hard today. It would be like a whole deal versus at F45. It's sort of like, they can go over there and tell you, Hey, you know, they're yelling out to the class broadly, like 30 more seconds, keep moving. But if you sort of lay down at that point, they're not going to come over to you and be like, come on, push it. You got this. Like that extra. And then there's like a ranking, you know, you kind of look at like who won that day. There's no whiteboard. There's no leaderboard. So I like that about it where it kind of feels like you're all doing the same workout, but you can very much choose your own intensity. So like some days if you go in, you're a little bit more tired, doesn't you can just sort of like scale it back. Each station has like a ton of different weight options. They demo a lot of different 
scales of the movement or um, yeah, a lot of different ways to scale the movements. So far, really enjoying it. If you've been thinking about trying it, I would recommend it. Cost-wise, it's like a little bit cheaper than CrossFit. It's not cheap, at least not in Boulder County, but they have at least, um, again, here, like a, their first seven days is free. So you can try out as many classes as you want in a week. This is not an ad, but it's super fun. And if you're in Longmont and you've been thinking, you know what? I want to try that. Shoot us an Instagram DM and I'll let you know when I'm going and you can come and we can do yeah, it together. Same with FitWall because I'm really enjoying getting back into that. I think it's like a good thing for the winter, get out of my house, be in a group of people. I love the instructors. I love supporting that business. I love the owner. Hi, Megan. I think she listens to the podcast still. So yeah, DM if you want to try FitWall in 2023, which is so weird to say, I I like to do class pass or gym pass because I don't love to commit to like one studio right now. I have like commitment issues with that. I've been using class pass for some of these classes. And then I think Scott and I are going to do, I think through his like insurance plan, it includes a pass to gym pass. So like as a combined, we can do fit wall, orange theory and solid core, which I'm like, that's amazing. I love all three of those studios. So just have fun, guys. Just have fun. And if an instructor shames you for eating Halloween candy, I would like you to bring a bag to your next class and, and pass them out to tiny the Kit Kats. Yeah. Just say my workout today is to eat some Kit Kats and then throw them at the people. And then like, you know, it's a game and it's throwing it in their face that you can eat whatever the heck you want. <laughs> Some people are talking about being coaches and stuff in the in the comments. Kelsey says, was I – Caitlin, sorry, not Kelsey. says, was I the weirdest CrossFit coach ever? Most of my coaching was telling people to go lighter, listen to their body, and they aren't going to the games. We're all just here to work out. I love that. There needs to be more coaches in the world like you. Morgan says, I do the same. I regularly tell people we're just doing adult PE. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Like, when I was a coach – Calm down. When I was a coach, I would always like structure the warm-up to just be like cartwheels or something where it was like crab – freeze tag or something where it was truly PE games. Because I was like, when was the last time you did a cartwheel? Like, we're going to try cartwheels today. When was the last time you played freeze tag or like bridge tag? Bridge tag is so fun. Other than that, in terms of my fitness though, I what first of all, I was so sore after the first after the first F45. But not only that, right before my first F45 class, I went to karate where I hyperextended my elbow sparring a child. Did I talk about how I broke my toe the other week too? No, you didn't tell us. Okay. I mean, you posted about it, but you didn't talk yeah. about <laughs> So here's the thing. Now that our whole family is doing Taekwondo, as part of that, sparring is like one of the main, you know, one of the skills in Taekwondo. So there's a sparring class, like a, a dedicated sparring class every week. And then there's also like certain sparring drills that are worked into your just regular belt rank classes. And one of the sparring drills is called belt tag. It's basically imagine like flag, like one-on-one flag football where you're just trying to like grab the person's flag and then you're trying to like block and whatever. And I was doing that. I like reached in to grab the guy's belt and my elbow basically just got like pinned against their body. And then they, but then they still tried to block me. So it like popped my elbow and hyperextended it. But you guys know I have freaky elbows anyway that are already hypermobile. But then the week before I had been sparring and I, you wear foot pads, but they only cover the top of your foot. And then there's just like a little band under the bottom of your foot. So it's like a reverse sandal kind of. I was sparring this like 17 year old second degree black belt who has no chill. And my little like foot pad kind of came up and I toe just jammed right into his side and just like, it's been black and blue and swollen ever since. Ugh. And you can't really do anything for a broken toe, right? You just have no, to No, like, you just be. limp around like yeah. an idiot. You can like tape it to your other toe to kind of brace it, but it's my second toe and it's just, anyway, so it's like the longest one. 
But my problem is that because I'm 5'3", if they're like, find a partner that's your same size, the only other people that are like qualified are high school boys. So I'm in there fighting high school boys, fist fighting high school boys. Whose idea is this? You're like, I'm just a tiny little woman. I'm just, I'm just, I'm 35 <laughs> years old. My hips do not open anymore. Like my lateral hip flexibility is just non-existent. I'm like mm-hmm. a dog when it comes to trying to like, imagine like a dog trying to straddle. That's what my hips do. Like they just don't open anymore. And so you're trying to kick me and I can't get my leg up that high. And I just, I'm afraid that I'm going to do something and you're not afraid because <laughs> you're 16 years old and you don't know what pain is. You've never woken up sore a day in your life? Yeah, Ariana says, is it awkward? And that's where I was like, is it awkward? Is it kind of awkward? It is a little awkward. Um, Lindsay says, Claire fighting high school boys is her F45 warm-up. I mean, literally, though, that's what I was doing. And then I went to F45. It So it's not awkward in the sense that, like, you're all there for the same thing, right? Like, they get it, and it's not like – I'm not being thrown to the wolves. The thing about the sparring class is that it is all belt ranks. And so everyone – I will say this particular person who I was fighting that day is sort of, like, notoriously – I didn't know this until later – notoriously does not go easy on the lower belts. Most of them do. And most of them, I mean, these kids who are who have been doing karate for years are unbelievably respectful, self-aware. They get that if you are a lower belt and they're a higher belt, they're actually there to help you learn what you're doing, not to just beat you up. <laughs> Thank God. Except for this one guy. And then eventually the instructor did come over and was like, you need to help her. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Yes. Oh, he was, it was just going all out. I know. But it is It is like – It is like. so my friend Amanda – hi, Amanda, if you're listening – is like mortified that I do this. She's like, I cannot believe that you go into a taekwondo class where you're the only adult and everyone else – because the class, the the studio or whatever it's called – the other day, Brandon was like, we'll meet you at the dojo. I was like, at the what? Is it called dojo. a dojo? Yeah. I don't know. The only reason I know that is my neighbor does it. Perfect. Yeah. I'm not calling it that. <laughs> It's really for kids, and then oftentimes the families will join them. I don't know of any adults there who are training independent of their children, like who are just there to train. Right. It's not like an adult-focused studio. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what Dwight called it on the office, just saying, well, Dwight would know. It is real life Cobra Kai, Lindsay. They often re- reference that. They're like, they like lean into the fact that a lot of kids get interested in karate because of Cobra Kai. Oh, thank goodness for that. Right. Ralph Macchio was recently on Mark Marin. Highly recommend that episode. It's such a great thing to hear him talk about his life and Karate Kid and then like getting back into it with Cobra Kai. He was really hesitant to do it. He's like, this is gonna like, don't mess with a good thing. And then it turned into an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Miles got into it for the record because of Kung Fu Panda. So also, thank you, Jack Black. All that to say that I am sometimes the only adult in the class with like 15 other children. And if it's just one of those things that like, it's not awkward if you don't let it be awkward. Also, sometimes the instructors are like high school kids because once you reach a certain belt rank, you can become a junior instructor. And so, yeah, sometimes like I'm being taught by a 15 year old. But again, it's just like, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. They're good at what they do. They receive wonderful mentorship. The kids are used to it. Like they're not weirded out by it. And I think that's what would make it awkward is if they were always looking at me like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing here? And they don't. Yeah. I'm going to breeze past speaking of awkward, but when I watched that show Killer Sally, it made me think of, so it's about this bodybuilding couple from the 80s. They were really trying to like get into the professional bodybuilding world, did a lot of amateur competitions and took a lot of steroids and 
she ended up shooting him. And it was like this whole story. But it was interesting how they talked so much about like women entering build bodybuilding in the 80s, how they really tried to make it something more appealing to watch because there was this guy that was commenting in the show. And he was like, nobody wants to watch women that look like this. And I was like, and he was talking from that perspective. It's not like he believed it now. But he was like, I think they look great. But like the masses would look at these women and think they look like quote unquote men. I was like, what an interesting thing to like think back to and like the diet culture of the 80s and how, oh, I'm forgetting her name. And I'm so sorry if you guys want to like Google it, Miss Olympia in the 80s, who was amazing. And she, it was really cool to hear her talk in some of these interviews from the 80s because she was kind of pushing against diet culture back then. And she was like, I don't want to look like the aesthetic that was kind of the jazzercise aesthetic in the 80s. And she was really pushing against it by having this like very muscular physique to where she would win Miss Olympia. Anyway, it was really, really cool. That piece was really cool and interesting because you're kind of like seeing diet culture being talked about from right, the like 80s in perspective real mm-hmm. in real time. Yeah. But I mean, the whole story is really sad because there's a lot of violence and family that was dealt with a lot of trauma. But anyway, they made videos. They sold videos of women wrestling, like uh, female bodybuilders wrestling men. And they they made some money off of that. Like wrestling just kind of like, um, I guess you would just call like civilian men who were kind the of average using every it as man. like, a, yeah, the average <laughs> everyman who like wanted to show, like have a woman dominate them. It was really interesting because it wasn't like pornography, was but I guess you might, you might call it a fetish. I don't yeah, know. But I was like, might. what an interesting world. That existed, and I had no idea. It was a good documentary. I think it was well done. Sad. Very sad. There's a lot of sad parts, but... And then I also watched one called God Forbid, which I don't really want to talk about. It's really sad, but this documentary is all about the Falwells, who was this, like, big religious couple force. And it gets a lot into politics, but it talks so much about the scandal behind that family and politics. Really, really well done, because, I don't know, they cover a lot of things, but highly recommend that one, too, if you want... Two good documentaries. Fantastic. I have not watched any new TV this week. Uh, we did rewatch some Mandalorian episodes last night since, as you could tell from earlier, Evie has a new Baby Yoda toy. She still loves Baby Yoda so much. I remember like over I the love summer, Baby Yoda. I mean, what's not to, I mean, there's lots of Baby Yoda is so like cute. a weird little, but it's so interesting how they like marketed Baby Yoda into this whole phenomenon because the reality is in the show, he doesn't do anything. Like the show is about he's the Mandalorian. So cute. Yeah. I know, but he's just. Every time he came on screen when we'd watch it, right. I would just be like, cute. my heart would melt. Yeah, he's adorable. Evie loves Baby Yoda and she has like a Baby Yoda dress and Baby Yoda leggings and like a Baby Yoda, you know, I remember being at the store and someone was like, oh my gosh, that little girl loves Baby Yoda. And then the person was with, was with them, I overheard them be like, or her parents really do. And I wanted to be like, no, 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 this is her a thousand percent. Oh, speaking of Evie being a thousand percent Evie, we had family photos taken on Friday and everyone else, you know, I neutraled up, I sad beiged up my whole family except for Evie, who's wearing a pink dress and a rainbow rhinestone headband. Perfect. Speaking of other things that are fantastic, let's talk about our favorite sponsor, Ned. You know, Ned, you know, those guys, you know, those guys, those guys. <laughs> we would love guys. it if this week, you would think to yourself, you know what? It's been a while since I supported my friends, Joy and Claire. I'm going to go yep. buy some CBD, some magnesium, some amazing hemp chapstick, some of their new magnesium chai 
nighttime drink blend. Get it for yourself. Get it for a friend. Be proactive and get it as like a secret Santa or for a coworker who you know just needs to like chill. We love all their stuff. They have super high quality CBD products, CBD blends. We love how intentional everything is that they do. Literally, like they blend their CBD blends with certain vibrational frequencies playing. Everything is so, so intentional. If you want to learn more about their process, more about their business, you can go to their website. They have a ton of amazing stories about their farmers, about their founding story. You can also listen to the episode that we did with one of the founders, Rhett, where he talks about finding their amazing farm and the amazing people who work there. It's really just such an intentional product from start to finish. And if you are looking to put a little bit more intention into your life, this is the way to do it. So you can go to helloned.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy for 15% off your order. Again, I love the daily blend. I use a 750 milligram. Joy loves their sleep blend. I love their mag- both their, all their magnesium products. I feel like you can't go wrong with anything. You really can't. You really can't. The brain blend is amazing. Such a good company. And we really mean it that if you're looking at the end of the year to support your favorite podcasts, buy from the sponsors that promote them. Not just our podcast, but any podcast like this is a good time to be like, I want to give back. It's the giving season. (laughs) Give a gift to your friends and you're also supporting your favorite podcasts. Thank you guys for listening and thank you for supporting Ned. I want to go to a question somebody asked a would you rather earlier. I think it was a professional, would you rather have a professional chef or what was it? I got to scroll up. Uh, Chef or personal assistant? Personal assistant. I love cooking. I actually talked about this recently with somebody. Like if I won the lottery, I would still cook. I just wouldn't grocery shop or clean the kitchen. Definitely personal assistant. And then like if I had a personal assistant, they could pick my kids up from school. They could fold my laundry maybe. Yeah, I love cooking. Cooking is like one of the last things I would offload if I was mega rich. I definitely want a chef so I don't cook. But I did buy... A batch of, not a batch, uh, a mix, a cookie mix from Trader Joe's. It's like some amazing pumpkin, white chocolate, something cookie mix. Sounds really good. And I'm going to make them today and I'm going to leave them with my neighbors that know me because they know it's safe. Like I'm not going to just leave random cookies for people don't know who it's from. But I was like, (laughs) I think it's from doing all the British Bake Off shows that I'm like, I really want to be a person that bakes something. (laughs) So this is my like easy way in, just like throw an egg, throw some butter in there. Like in Clueless where she it. just like unrolls the thing totally. and like plops down and she's like, when a boy comes over, you always want to have something baking. Something baking. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going for. And I'm like, I want to do something nice for my neighbors because we went through a lot last week. We had some like thefts and really bad things happen in our neighborhood. So I'm like, I just want to like give some cookies out. <laughs> Let everyone know we're all Okay. There is goodness in our neighborhood. Yes. And it's made out of white chocolate and pumpkin. That sounds delicious. Isn't the worst daily decision? Okay. Lindsay asked a great point. Oh, I just rubbed my eye and I have makeup on. I hate when I do that. When I forget that I have makeup on. Lindsay asks, and I totally agree. One of the worst daily decisions is what's for dinner. Why is it so ridiculous? Unless you have Cassie Joy's (laughs) cookbook, cook once eat all week. I actually do still use that cookbook all the time, but I make my dinner, I make an entire month of dinner ideas at the beginning of the month. And then I decide at the beginning of the week, like which of those, I generally group them by protein types Then I can meal prep like a chicken or a whole roast or whatever. And so for me, it's a little bit less, takes away at least like front loads that decision-making. So I don't really, I don't hate it as much, but I don't like cleaning the kitchen. That is the thing for me that feels never ending, which this Mm. week, so we went out of town, you know, last weekend we were in Wisconsin, came home, tried to run a wash, a load through the wash, our main line backed up into the basement. And so all week 
we didn't really know what was going on because like not all the water was backing up. It was just, it just seemed to be the washing machine. And then we realized it was also the dishwasher. So like little bits of food were all over the floor from the dishwasher draining basically into our basement. Came to find that it was, had something to do with just like a run in the mill clog from the disposal, probably like some oil that got put down the drain. And then because we went out of town for five days, we haven't been out of town yet since we've lived here. So that amount of time like allowed it to kind of congeal and it got cold for the first time while we were gone. So it kind of like created this block, which wouldn't have happened if we would have been home because we would have been flushing it through more. So who knows exactly the mechanisms behind it. But long story short, we were not able to run our washing machine or our dishwasher all week. And I was just like, wow, I can't believe people live without dishwasher. <laughs> I mean, my my parents don't have a dishwasher and it's just two senior adults. And when we go to their house, I feel like we are constantly doing dishes. I can't imagine having a family of four with no dishwasher. <laughs> Honestly, half of the battle is just that I love it hides your dishes. Like it puts, it gives you somewhere totally to put your dishes where you don't have to look at them. Exactly. So Lindsay says, I used to live with a couple who used the dishwasher as Tupperware storage. What? It's like how. Like you would use your oven as storage. Uh, your, uh, put, if you live in New York oven. City. I just, I mean, I know this is like a very kind of uppity thing to say, but like I can't imagine living without a dishwasher. And our dishwasher right now is horrible. It just is like doesn't really Did work. Did you decide on a brand? Because I know you were asking. Yeah, I really, I think I've, I'm going to go eventually with the KitchenAid one with the second or the third rack. And it's not just like the silverware mm. rack on the top. It's like a true third rack that sort of ha- it has mm. enough room for like cups. But so I'm going to wait and see if it goes on sale for Black Friday anywhere because it's like $800. It's not a cheap. Scott really wanted to weigh in on that. He was like, because we, I, I think he told you what we have. I can't even remember. Kenmore? I think we have a Kenmore. Yeah. He was like real proud of himself for weighing in on that decision for you. Thanks, Scott. Um, what was the really ask- expensive ones that everyone was talking about? Bosch, yeah, bougie brand that everyone has, and they're uh, they are more pricey, but apparently yeah. everyone was like super into those. We don't have that one. Yeah, right now, literally all of our like we. I also hate our fridge. The people in this house before us had lived here for thirty plus years, and before they moved out, they just went out. And I've talked about how how much I hate my carpet. Like they updated the house with the bare minimum just so they could say it was updated. And we didn't really realize that until after we moved in. So like all of our appliances are the entry-level appliances. Our carpet is like the crappiest carpet you can have. They blasted the entire house with bright white paint. Not even not an outlet cover was spared. They just tried to set this house back to the cheapest possible factory settings. And now for the next several years, we're going to deal with like updating stuff to actual usable. I mean, it's usable, right? Like it's not, it's fine, but it's just like, ugh, so annoying. Lindsay says, can we have a Scott holiday gift guide, please? I think it's time, Joy. It's time. We've been threatening for years. We really have. And I think Scott gets really, I don't want to say paralyzed by this, but when I talk about this with him. Right. Here's the I- thing. Feel- <laughs> he needs it to be specific. You can't just be like, Scott, what do you recommend? You need to be like, my 44-year-old brother-in-law yes. loves baseball and the Grateful Dead, but he hates hoodies oh, and yeah. like hasn't upgraded his iPhone since an iPhone 6. What do I get him? And Scott's like, oh, right. the second-gen Apple Watch with a Grateful Dead yeah. cover. Like, it's not like a random. Yeah. And I like that Lindsay said we can write in with difficult people to buy for, like make personas. <laughs> We actually thought about that last year too, right? And it was like, and then it turned out- it We did went- it for Valentine's Day and it was just so overwhelming. So I need I need someone to do it in a way that's contained. So we have like maybe two or three, like, let me no, three or four, maybe three to five personas. Yeah. 
And then he can kind of like do persona gift guides because we just got really overwhelmed. I think we need to do just like there, we need to have a matrix of like age range and relationship type. So it's like if you have yeah. a boss who's between 45 to 50, what do you get them? If your spouse is between 45 to 50, what about them? It like is more by the type of person you're buying for, maybe. Yeah, maybe we should just have like a this would be so fun if we could just have. Well, you probably don't think this would be fun. Bring Scott in to record. Mm -hmm. Tell people Mm -hmm. that this is what we're doing. Have people in the chat. Oh, yeah. And then just like go down the list for 30 minutes. Actually, I would be fine with that. Great. That would be so fun. He would love it. He would be like. In his element, right? You mean I'm I'm really popular? Yeah. You mean I'm really nominated? Yeah. It it would be really cute. Yeah, I think he would be. And then he could sit there with his laptop and he could probably like look for, I mean, he, he lives to search just for things, links. you guys. You guys can. Yeah, linking. Bang it I mean, out. you know, I do. the second you I ask know. for something. Yeah. Well, it's really funny because like he thinks my secret language is if I mention something that I like all of a sudden want it. Mm-hmm. And and in fact, what you've had to do over the years is stop mentioning things because that's yes, not the case. Yes, but he thinks that like if I mention something, that is a, a code for him to please go ahead and do that and buy it. And it's really funny because like now with just really small things, I'll say to myself, oh, I really need to bring those flowers inside because it's going to get cold. And he'll be like, oh, I'm going to go do that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just telling myself because I need to remember to do that. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be like indirectly telling you to do something. I wish that, you know, I think most people probably would wish their husbands were a little more like that. I mean, it is, I do understand that I am married to a unicorn. I, there is no one like Scott Parrish on this earth. And I love it. And I love him. And also, here's a really funny side note. He got his um, he got his flu shot and his booster on Friday. And I heard about it for like a whole week beforehand. He's like, I'm getting my flu shot and my booster on Friday. Because he had like a really bad reaction, which I don't think it was related to the shot back when it happened. But we're not going to tell him that. He was like, I'm getting it on Friday. I heard about him getting this booster and this flu shot for at least a week. I mean, I don't even think I told him when I got mine. And then I just was like out for like a half day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got the booster. and flu shot. But he was like, all hands on deck. Like I'm going to be out for the next 24 hours. And so it was really funny because like I woke up on Saturday morning. He's like, I don't feel good. And I was like, oh, okay, do you need anything? Can I get you anything? And then all day he was kind of like down and out, but he was pretty good. He didn't complain. Like he didn't do the man flu thing. But it was really funny how like the lead up was very much like everyone prepare. Everyone get ready. It's happening. Gird your loins, people, as Stanley totally. Tucci would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. We got I got my booster and flu shot. And just as a hot tip, it did not take me out. A couple people have been taken out that I've known. My arm was really sore, which has happened every time I've gotten a COVID shot. My arm has gotten super sore. But same. I got my COVID and my flu at the same time in the same arm. And I was fine. So yeah. And I got separate arms, which I don't understand the logic behind whatever. Yeah. I think the soreness was even. <laughs> um, okay. Rachel has brought up something we meant to talk about, which is very important. Speaking of dogs, what did Joe think of his first snow? <laughs> he was so cute. I, You guys, I love Joe so much. He's just the cutest, silliest dog. And I just have to take a really quick side note that, you know, when we turned in Cadet a year ago, it's been a year We turned her in November 11th or 12th, I believe. We were so heartbroken. And of course, we get Joe and our lives are full of an amazing dog again. And I think that's just like looking back at how heartbroken we were a year ago and then like having this amazing cute little guy in our lives now is like, it's so cool to see how 
yes, it's really hard when people say, how can you give up a dog? Because you love another dog again. I see the amazing work that Cadet is doing. But anyway, Joe is just like filled our hearts in such a different way. And he's just, he's just so cute. He gets really excited about like leaves and just running in water. He loves water. I've yet to have raise a dog or even have a dog that is like a huge water dog. So that's been really fun. So I knew that when it was going to snow, I'm like, he's going to go nuts because he's just like one of those dogs that like gets all excited if there's something new under his feet. It rained or it snowed for the first time last week as of this recording on Thursday. And he, (laughs) I let him out back because I mean, it wasn't a ton of snow. It was like a dusting, but there was enough on the ground where he was like, what the heck is this? And it was really cute. He just went outside and I posted it on our stories. I can post it again. But if you have a dog, you know that thing where they just start going like they get the zoomies and he started just zooming around and then like almost like getting doing that play bow where he was like trying to get the snow to play back with him and then he was eating it. So I'm really excited to show more videos when it has like a ton of snow where they're like almost having to bound in and out of it. And then you posted that really cute video. Was that your friend's dog or, or was that a listener's dog that you no, reposted? Someone who follows us sent, it, sent, it, uh, sent it to us and was like, we had the first snow in Utah yesterday and I made this reel and I thought of you ladies. I thought you might want to see my dog playing in the snow. I was like, yes, I I would like Please to see it. Thank you. tag Please us always in all send of us those your things. Dog things. We never not want, we never don't want to see your dog. Yes. Never not wishing for more dog videos. Never not wishing always dog content all the time. Please tag us and all of that. So yeah, he's just, he's such a lovely, lovely little boy. And he had to have braces because one of his lower canines. So long story short, when he was a baby, they had to pull his little baby teeth canines, lower canines, because they were growing improperly. I don't know how they knew that. Apparently they knew that from the get. The vets check them out. These dogs are very well taken care of. So CCI did that before they sent him to us. We knew this was going to be a thing. And they said if his lower canine's adult teeth start growing in crooked, then do this thing called ball therapy, which kind of pushes the teeth back out. So essentially, if you see your dog's lower canines, uh, they kind of push outwards. And so his were pushing up into the roof into uh, into his mouth. So when he shut his mouth, they were kind of pushing up into his palate. And so one of them didn't grow in, one of them did. <laughs> so he's got like these wonky lower canines. And then the other one grew in very late. And so it was growing in towards his palate. So we had to take him to the vet to get this like little retainer put in. Uh, and it was really cute. So essentially, it's like this piece of plastic that pushes his tooth the way it's supposed to go. And it's working. But yeah, that's been really funny. He's got like a little retainer boy. And then he has to get neutered in a couple months. I'm not looking forward to that. I I just don't like dogs coming out of anesthesia. It makes me sad because they're so confused. So he's so he's such a good dog. He's really good out in public. I take him to the store with me all the time. He's his training's going really well. Someone asked, did he love trick-or-treaters? The one thing that we're working on with Joe is he, he, as you can hear sometimes in the background, he likes to bark. We have really big windows in the front of our house. And so whenever people are walking by, he barks at them. <laughs> he doesn't bark, and bark at people when we're outside, but he likes to bark at people from inside. And yeah, they're really not supposed to too. do that. Yeah, I personally don't mind it because I kind of like to know when someone's coming to our house <laughs> and JT is not going to do anything. But they're really not, as service dogs, they're not supposed to do that. So we're trying to just distract him when he does that. He barks at dogs when he's in the car and sees a dog. He kind of barks. And so we're like, okay, Joe, you need to stop this. But really, he's not doing it out of aggression. He's doing it out of just like curiosity and excitement. Right. More of like, just like, what's that? Hey, guys, come look at this. Kind of bark. My dog barks at leaves that float by the window. Oh, no. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's, I think he learned it from another dog that we sat for, like when he was a puppy, because she used to do that. So we're like, she taught him that behavior. But uh, Rachel asked, how are you working on that? So we just, not that this is turning into like a dog training show, but how we do, how we work on that is we distract him. So when he does that behavior, we call him to us and we give him a treat when he comes to us. It doesn't work all the time, but instead of just being like, Joe, Joe, stop it. We just try to get him like, hey, Joe, come over here. Come over here. That's what we Sometimes do. Sometimes I wonder if like your dog is barking and then you start yelling at them or they're like, oh, barking. Everyone's barking. Let's all bark. Everyone's barking and excited. And really it's, it's a behavior that is so uncontrollable that you can't control them by just saying, hey, stop it. It's not, They do not register. So you just distract. Anytime they're doing a behavior that you don't want them to do, you distract with a behavior you want them to do. We just call him to us and then give him a treat when he comes to us. Or even if he looks at us, I, you know, get grab the treat treat bag, um, which also requires that you have to be like on it all the time, which we are because we're training him. Someone says, my dog does the same thing. All my friends recommend a shot collar. Oh, yeah, we don't use shot collars in our training. I know some people have used them for different types of tr- dog training. We just don't use that. We use shot collar with River. It's not something they recommend for our training, but it's not to say it doesn't work for other dogs. I just haven't used it. We've had good success in our life with dogs using shot collars, and we have one for River that vibrates. She has so much neck skin. Whatever her like genetic mix is, something in there has just folds and folds of neck skin. So we keep it on vibrate because even when we use the actual like shock function, I don't even think she feels it. <laughs> like she's more likely to feel the vibration. She's like, oh, that feels so good. Yeah, she's like, ooh, you're kind of like scratching. <laughs> and we've, I mean, anytime we've used a shock collar on a dog, this is our second dog we've used it with. We've tried tested it on ourselves, and it really is like it's less than what you would experience as a dog from like a collar jerk or like a leash jerk. You know, it's it's really kind of it's almost just like a little like hey, kink, kink, kink. And, you know, there's a million bajillion opinions out there about like what's ethical to use on dogs. I'm not interested in that conversation right now. We've always used a trainer who has helped. That's the one thing with the e-collar that I have learned is that it's very, very difficult to effectively and honestly ethically use an e-collar on a dog if you're just DIY training. You really need a professional to guide your training. I agree with that. Because it is such a powerful training tool that if you're just trying to do it on your own, it's and you don't have a background of training, it is easy to overdo it or to be confusing in a way where it becomes unethical to be using it. So we've always used, you know, I think the last one we used, it was called like sit something, sit, um, sit means sit. And then previously we used like an independent trainer who um, came super highly recommended. So we think it's a great tool, but also we're not using, we're not training our dog to be a professional service animal. We're just training our dog to be like a decent pet. She's so stupid. You guys, my dog, like just, there's just nothing going on in her head. Probably 80% of the time (laughs) yesterday we have like a storage coffee table where you take the top, you know, you take the tabletop off and then it's like a little drum and you put blankets and stuff in there. And we had the top off, the tabletop, take your top off. We had the tabletop off because we were putting the blankets back in and River climbed in there and then just stood there frozen for a solid minute, just looking around like, oh, what do I do? And then she finally laid down in it. Like it's big enough for her to lay down like a dog bed. But (laughs) Rachel says, mine too, her elevator doesn't reach the top floor. That is exactly what it's like. Like I look at River and it just looks like her brain is on a screensaver. (laughs) just it's so funny. She's. Oh. So, I love it though. I do love it. One other comment about 
callers and then we'll move on. Kyla says, I have an e-caller. Mine chased cars. We worked with the trainer to get the behavior under control, try different methods. It was the only thing she responded to. Like they said, it depends on the dog. It, to- it's it a, again, totally depends. Totally depends yeah. on the dog. Totally depends on what you're trying to correct for. We The first time we ever used an e-caller was with our border collie who we had gotten from a shelter and she was like horrible, horrible, horrible behavior. And she had such a one-track mind as a border collie that like nothing could get her attention if she was locked onto something. And that was just very breed specific. Anyway, all yeah, Kyla says hers is a border collie. Exactly. So certain dogs call for certain tools and it's up to you and your dog and your trainer. But yeah, River just, it's after having a border collie, having a dumb dog, I really appreciate it. So much easier. All right. We have one question. One question one left question, before we end. Go ahead. Um, Ariana said, Claire, have you made anything from savory bacon? Great question, yet? Ariana. Okay, guys, if, in case you didn't know, Erin Jean McDowell, who did the book on pie, which as you guys know how much I love that book, she this month or in October came out with another baking cookbook. She also, so she has, this is I think her third or fourth cookbook. The only other one I have is the book on pie. She has another one that's more like just general baking. I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but it also gets amazing reviews if you are somebody who is wanting to get into baking. The thing I love about Aaron. You know how if you guys listen to the On Your Marks Gets at Bake podcast, you know that I always talk about how Paul can like look at a recipe and say like, oh, that needed two more minutes in the oven or that didn't have enough water or you didn't need it enough. Like his troubleshooting of the final product is so expert level and Aaron is the same way. And then she'll like reverse engineer it for you. So her books are full of pictures that are like, hey, this is what your crust will look like if you under baked it, if you over baked it, if you didn't mix it enough, if you mixed it too much. And so she gives you that frame of reference to like build your own skills. She doesn't just give you the recipe. She actually gives you the context. All I'd say, love her cookbooks. She came out with one in October called Savory Baking. And it's, as you can imagine, all savory bakes. And a lot of them can be adapted to have a sweet side. I have made the... I forget what they're called, like Parmesan garlic tomato thumbprint cookies. It basically is like a cheesy biscuit with a thumbprint in the middle that you use this like kind of sweet, sweet and salty tomato jam in. So good. That's the only one I've made so far because I just haven't been baking that much in the last couple of weeks, but except for the bake-off challenges. But I there's so many in there that I want to make so bad. There's like a pizza babka. So imagine a babka, which is like, if you guys remember the first year that we did Bake Off, the Bake Off podcast, they had a babka as a technical. And it's a be- effectively like a braided loaf of bread. Imagine if like a cinnamon roll was turned into a loaf of bread. It has that swirliness on the inside with a little bit of filling. Normally, the filling is either like a cinnamon sugar or a chocolate. She has all these ideas for like a pizza style one or like a mushroom and goat cheese one. Just so good. Highly recommend. If you're looking for a gift for a baker in your life, also highly recommend that cookbook. That's my baking review. Well, I'm really impressed by everybody joining this morning. And we plan to record around this time for the foreseeable future through the holidays. So if you would like to join us, I'll post the links Sunday or Mountain Time. So it'll be mornings. So wherever you live, just check in on our Instagram stories for the link to join. And really what you do is you just hang out in a chat. So you don't have to be on video. You don't have to be on audio. It's not scary. I think some people worry about like being in a Zoom call. I'm like, oh, no, we don't know what you're doing. You could just be, you know, making some breakfast and having us on in the background. <laughs> so we would look forward to having you on again if anybody wants to join the chat. It's so much fun to listen to what you guys are up to. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Ned. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy for 50% off your order. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. Email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Thank you so much 
for joining us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for being here for nine and a half plus years. We love doing this every single week and we are really enjoying having you guys join us in the chat if you ever want to do that. And we will talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye.